Are you looking for inspiration and words of wisdom so you can go out and launch your own business? This is the Lost and Founded podcast, bringing you raw and relatable stories of successful entrepreneurs, committed startups and personal experiences that are here to inspire, inform and influence. My name is Stephanie. And my name is Molly. In this season of the Lost and Founded podcast, we are spotlighting entrepreneurs with purposeful business, highlighting their personal journey and recognising the value which they create. In today's episode, we'll be speaking to AJ Han Phillips, the co-founder of The Project PT. AJ and her partner Alexa started their purposeful business with the aim of making a difference, as they believe children and young people are being undercated for when it comes to sport. She has a wealth of knowledge in the fitness industry, which has allowed her to work with the majority of the leading fitness providers under various roles. AJ is the driving force behind the project, with her role focusing on the organisation of events and social enterprise elements. She is deeply passionate about developing their event offerings and continued funding for their Healthy School programme, which she cemented schools and deliver free sports and health education. So without further ado, we would love to welcome AJ Han Phillips. Welcome, AJ. How are you doing today? Um, Feeling quite bashful after that uh, (laughs) introduction, guys. Um, But good. Uh, Looking forward to talking to you both today. Excellent. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about Project PT and what your day-to-day routine entails? Um. I, there, there certainly isn't a routine, I can tell you that. I think um, any uh, SME, any small kind of business owner knows that there is no such thing as a routine. Uh, one minute you're perhaps cleaning some toilets, the next minute you're trying to get investment, the next minute you're trying to work out how you're going to market your business for the next couple of months. So um, there's certainly no routine. Um, my routine is probably that I start at about five, six in the morning, purely because I want to. Nothing to do with any type of need to um, to grind and, and work lots of hours. Uh, I don't. Um, but um, I like to start early. I like to have a coffee. And then I need to check my diary and work out where where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing (laughs) for the day Um, and what hat I need to put on at that exact moment in time. Um, The Project PT uh, was born out of kind of a desire to want to uh, rewrite the fitness industry a little bit um, to uh, provide um, inclusive, non-intimidating spaces uh, for our members and kind of the commercial side of our um, business and the event side, um, but also to um, to be able to use um, some of the money that we then get from from those customers um, towards uh, a purposeful part to um, to kind of I don't know create I don't want to call us a social enterprise um, because um, I don't believe that we need to label um, our business as a social enterprise in order to do good. Um, what we believe is that all businesses should be doing something good. The same as we do as human beings. As human beings, we go and we volunteer. Um, we, you know, during COVID times, taken food to different people who needed it or provided sanctuary. The, you know, current uh, situation, um, there's lots of people signing up to take on um, uh, refugees into their houses. We all do good things in that respect. Um, we sh- businesses should be doing exactly the same thing. Um, so we're not a social enterprise. We're just a business that's going to do some good stuff at the same time as we all should. That's lovely. You've slightly touched on part of our next question. Um, as we're 
As we're spotlighting purposeful businesses this season, how would you define what purposeful business is and what makes Project PT one? Um, I guess a purposeful business needs to make sure that whatever that mission is, is embedded entirely in the whole business. There's no point in us, um, there's no point in us running a business where we, uh, let's say we do what we do. So we um, provide young people um, with exercise programs. Um, there's no point in us doing that if then other parts of our business are not fulfilling that mission. If our members of staff are working 50 hour weeks, if um, our uh, products that we're buying are having a detrimental effect on the environment, you know, we have to make sure that every part of our business is as purposeful as it possibly can be. That's not easy. That's really difficult. It costs a lot of money and it takes a lot of thought and a lot of process to go, okay, so where has that come from? Is this the right thing? What, what should we be doing there? Um, the way we make sure that we do that is we have our five promises and we have to go back to those five promises and I have to remind myself of what those five promises are all the time and, um, and make sure that we are sticking to those things. So every decision that we make, everything that we do is right. Um, at present, we really need some more staff in the business and our staff all have a 35 hour a week contract. The easiest thing to do would be to just ask them to work more. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, and and maintain kind of the staff that we've got. But that's not the right thing to do. We want to make sure that our staff have a good work-life balance. So I think the answer to the question is that a purposeful business needs to, um, you know, be really walking the walk in, in all elements of the business, not just in what their mission is. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, can you tell us more about the experiences that led you to set up Project PT and what the business means to you? Um, so myself and my business partner, Alexa, we've both worked, um, in, uh, the fitness industry. Well, I've worked in the fitness industry for 20 years. Um, and before that, and during that process, um, I've also worked with, um, young people who are just having a kind of a, a tough time in, um, in life. Um, so, uh, they are struggling with the current academic system, um, perhaps they have certain um, specific needs that need um, addressing that aren't necessarily addressed in the, um, you know, the, the sort of normal academic system that we have. Um, we've worked with um, young people who uh, think that they don't like sport, think that they don't like fitness, um, and um, uh, and, and that's not true. Like there's a sport, there's a fitness, there's some type of creativeness, there's some type of movement for every single person. And we just have to find that. Um, and so kind of our experience in the industry was that um, it was either all or nothing. It was either that you went to the gym and you kept fit and you were really into it and um, and it was great for you or it just wasn't entirely, it wasn't for you at all. And what we wanted to do was create a product that was for everyone but also be aware that we won't be for everyone, that there's that we need to then promote other places and other spaces and other things that people are doing. Um, so, you know, we are not going to fit every single person. We're not going to be able to offer a, uh, a service for everyone, but understanding that actually there is a way of then promoting other places as well. So um, our experience in that and in understanding that the fitness industry wasn't for everyone led us to try to create a space that was as inclusive and as um, as uh, uh, 
that's safe and happy for every single person that we possibly could but also being really really aware that actually we might not be for everyone and and there are loads of other spaces and places that that people can go to as well sounds like a really lovely space you've created and sort of knowing that you're not going to be able to fit everyone you're still being so supportive of other places as well as your own and um, a lot of people find it hard to know where to where they should start when setting up their own business what were the first steps that you took to set up project pt um i think the, the first thing that you've got to do is just do it and that sounds really silly um but that's like i guess that's the thing for most people most people talk about it they say they want to do something they've got these ideas you've just got to do it and you've got to not worry about failure because it doesn't matter. Like, just try it instead of focusing. And it's you know, something we talk about in the gym and talk about with our young people and all the rest all the time is that um, we're very binary, aren't we? We're like, we're going to do this and it has to succeed. It doesn't have to succeed. Like, and, and what is success? What does that look like? It's going to look like so many different things to different people. I think that the, the first thing that you've got to do is just trial it just see if it works and just give it a go and ask questions, learn from as many people around you as possible. Um, and if at first it doesn't succeed, go again and again. Um, you know, our, the first ever event that we did didn't make any money. Uh, we lost money. So then we did another one that probably lost money. Um, and then we did a third one and I think probably we broke even. Um, but that's fine because we were just learning as we were going along and we were doing something that we really enjoyed. I think that's it as well, isn't it? You have to make sure that whatever you're going to do, whatever you're going to spend a lot of time on, a lot of time talking about, a lot of time doing is something that's a passion because then it won't matter because you've enjoyed the process in the first place. Um, so just just do it. Just learn from people and give it a go and see if it works and if it doesn't succeed because it doesn't maybe make money it doesn't break even that doesn't matter enjoy the process learn from that process and then go build something else absolutely that's really good advice i think that it's something we don't embrace enough in society is making mistakes and just doing the things that we love um yeah. So we kind of touched on this earlier, but Project PT has five business values, as you mentioned. Can you tell us a bit about these, how they came to be and how you make sure you're sticking to them? Um, <laughs> yes, I can. How they came to be was a um, car journey uh, back from uh, Alexa's parents. And we were talking about, I think, I'm not entirely sure where the business was at, but I think maybe we were about to take on a, a like our first full-time member of staff or something. And we had to, um, we were like, I guess we were talking about stuff and we were talking about how to take them on or I don't know, whatever it was. And all of a sudden I was like, hang on a minute, there's going to be a point where we're going to get to a certain size and are we still going to be who we are? And how do we make sure like, because the business at that point was Alexa and myself, right? And that's fine because we we are one and the same person. We obviously get along very well and um, and all the rest. How do we make sure that the next person that we recruit, the next person that we recruit is still uh, singing from the same sort of hymn sheet as us, but singing from their own hymn sheet as well? Because it's really important that they bring in their own values 
but th there's this kind of core thing at the same time. So that's where we we came up with like these these five promises of right. This is what we need to make sure that we always do without fail. And and I'd say to be honest, it's they're more for us than for even the the team members because we have to make sure that there are times where like the business may be you know really struggling or we may be working really hard or and we may go to make like a wrong decision purchase something that's just a bit cheaper that perhaps will have you know really negative effects on the um, environment or um or yeah go with the wrong supplier because they're a cheaper supplier but yet they don't actually meet our values and stuff so um yeah they came from a, a car journey and from us just making sure that the bigger that we got we stayed true to who we were and the most important thing was that we were always proud and our success is always based on three things um it's got nothing to do with how many gyms that we've got how many events we're running how much money we're turning over our success is always that our members are happy the young people that we work with are happy and our team are happy and those are the three things that matter the most all the time because everything else will just come in to play but what we've got to make sure is that those three people those three people that we look after the young people the members members guests and our team are happy and if that happens everything else kind of works itself out i really love that it's nice to know that it's obviously helped so thought to be so valuable sort of putting them people at the forefront um what are some of the biggest obstacles you've had to overcome so far to be able to continue your personal career growth and how exactly did you do this um biggest obstacles uh i think <laughs> i think that i think one of the things is you're probably talking to the wrong person because like for me an obstacle is just an opportunity to grow and that sounds really cheesy and awful um but um you're talking about someone that got hit by a car when i was 18 and um it was a really uh, awful accident and when people ask me about it I always tell them all the positives that <laughs> came from that accident. Um, so um, we've recently, so we have two sites right now. And one of our sites is subletted from Sweaty Betty. And Sweaty Betty have decided that they want to move. Um, they should have given us six months notice. Um, they haven't, um, which is fine. They've got their own business decisions that they need to make as well. Um, but as a result, we've had to shut one of our sites down. Um, we've shut one of our sites down. The person who was running that site um, has unfortunately, due to family issues, had to, um, had to leave for a while. Um, so kind of the core member of staff in that site left. Then they, uh, they turned around and told us that we also needed to leave. Um, and that's going to have quite a reasonable effect on our business. It's a huge loss in revenue um, for us. Um, it's a loss to the people who were there, who were comfortable, who were training there and happy there. And it's a loss to that team member as well that managed it. Um, and I guess that's a big hurdle, but it's just something that, we've taken what happened and gone okay well this is what we're going to do next and um, there are things already in place so um i think it's always just about there's always something that you can shift there's always something that you can move to change and think okay well this is how it's going to work i guess the, the the easiest answer that i could have given you is that you know we opened both of our sites during covid so you know our first site under sweaty betty 
opened for about six weeks then they shut it down because there was another lockdown then we opened for a while then they shut it down then we opened for a while again then we were shut down again and then we opened our second site but then that came when Omicron was big and there were loads of different infections going around and all the rest and those are all you know big obstacles but all we did was switch the business around and used it as an opportunity to grow a different part of it and to look after a different type of um, demographic so yeah there are no obstacles you've just got to see it and go right what can we do now then <laughs> amazing i bet um your clients enjoy your positive attitude as well <laughs> <laughs> it might be a bit negative for them in a way hey <laughs> what, you've still got to pick it up yes you still have to pick it up um, so this moves quite nicely onto the this next question, but you can interpret it how you like based on what you just said. So you recently opened a new Project PT gym on Magdalen Road. I'm never sure if that's Maudlin. Uh, Maudlin. Maudlin Road. Maudlin. Yes. <laughs> um, how is this going and how does it differ from your movement studio on the high street? Um, it's going really, really well. Um, the reception's been awesome. Um, so, you know, the high street, it's in the city centre. You're not going to get many people living around that area. There's obviously a few of the colleges and stuff, but um, not, not as many as Magdalen Road, which is like this neighbourhood. Yeah. And on Magdalen Road, you've got a load of uh, other fantastic businesses that are kind of bringing a community spirit. And that's certainly what um, we feel we've been able to bring as well. Um, so, um, the Magdalen Road gym, the reception's been excellent. Um, the kind of marketing that we've done for that business has been quite limited, um, but we seem to have picked up quite a lot of um, uh, members for it, um, a lot of personal training. Um, but most importantly, we've just got like a load of really nice emails, you know, a load of really, really wonderful emails from people just telling us that, you know, they've never been to a place like it, that they've never felt, um, we got one the other day of someone who was saying how they, um, it was the first place that they've been to where they just didn't feel judged. They felt like they can come in, they're seen. That was one of the things they said, so that they weren't judged and that they were seen um, for who they were. Um, and yeah, I think I, I'm, we're just really, really proud of like what we've created there. It's, um, like the the team that we've got there are just so welcoming to every single person that walks in the members who come in there have started to meet other people they're going out for coffees with each other going around the corner to get some bread together walking home it's just like a really great community space um, but it's also provided us with a great space for the programs that we run for young people as well so it's a place where the young people are arriving early to come to a programme, you're talking about young people who uh, are school refusers, yeah? So they refuse to go to school, they're probably not been engaged in education for a couple of years, and yet these young people are arriving early for it. Um, the other day I told them one of the programmes is going to run through the school holidays and they all cheered um, that, um, that they were going to be able to come during, um, during that time as well. So I just think that it's been a really great place for us to open and I very much hope that we can find kind of a, a similar space um, somewhere else for ourselves in the next couple of months because um, we want to obviously replace the high street that's shutting um, but we also want to replicate kind of the product that we've got there because I think it's really worked it's helping lots of people who weren't engaged in a gym before and or 
quite a lot of young people as well. And it's been great to be kind of part of a community. Um, we're actually having our opening party tomorrow evening. You're welcome to come. Um, and, um, and like a lot of the businesses along Magdalen Road and along that area are all coming along as well. And I think that's what it's part of. And when people tell us that like, that we're in their calendar and that they're bringing their friends and all the rest that just feels amazing that a gym can kind of provide that that space for people. I think the last time I spoke with you on an Instagram live back in Pride Festival you're sort of hinting at this big announcement so I'm really glad that it's, it's all going well and lucky it happened isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, as well as running your movement studio, your gym, your coaching, uh, you're also a co-founder of Fit Farm Fest. How do you manage your work-life balance with juggling oh, all of this? I definitely don't manage it um, at all. Um, I try to train every day, obviously. Um, so that gives me a bit of space. Um, I definitely don't manage it. I look forward to when we make some money and we can recruit some more people to do some more jobs. Um, but like if you're doing some, I've never had a problem with work ethic anyway, but um, it's always been something that's been uh, like, I'm, I'm passionate about and I'm passionate about doing well. But I think as long as you're doing something that you really, really enjoy, it doesn't really feel like too much work. Um, so I'd say that sometimes it's hard to switch off because I just enjoy it. So I don't want to go home and switch off from it. Also, my office is in my home, so that doesn't help the scenario. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's just, uh, I think we're just lucky to kind of have these different businesses that we have that we're so passionate about. So. Great. And don't worry, you are not the first person who's answered. I don't to that question. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, although that's not to, I think it's incredibly important not to, uh, like this whole idea of um, like sensationalizing the, the grind and the work and um, working too much, like that doesn't work um, at all. Um, and it, it shouldn't be sensationalized. This whole idea of putting it on your Instagram, how many hours you're working and what you're doing, like that's not a, that's not a thing. Um, and it's not a thing to be sensationalized at all. And it doesn't matter. Um, no one's better than another person for the amount of hours that they choose to work. Um, I think that, um, yeah, we certainly need to kind of get out of um, this habit that we have of, um, of overplaying how important it is to put in the hours, because it's not the hours. It's A, the quality of the time that you're putting into work, but B, you actually need the time away as well. My best brainstorming time is when I'm on holiday. It's when I'm going for a walk. It's when I've not got time to think about work that all of a sudden actually an idea may come to my mind or something. But um, recovery is important. It's reco recovery is important in training, but it's also important in, um, in work time as well. Absolutely. So important. Um, can you tell us about your support system? Um, it's probably my business partner, so that doesn't help, does it, really? Um, <laughs> um, but um, I think it's that and, and the team as well. You know, we've got like this great team that, um, that all have their different values and their different kind of interests. So we have like the same core values, but then outside of that, it's like our head coach at um, the movement studio on the high street 
is just so much better at taking time out and reminding us that we need to take time out and reminding us how important that that side of things are um you know we've got another coach that just spends a lot of time um outside and a lot of time training and doing fun stuff and doing family stuff and I think like all of those people together help us to remember what else we need to be doing outside of um work and I think they're my support but I think also the the support is the people around me that also run businesses um that you can talk to that you can get to know that you can um ask you know sometimes some silly questions <laughs> that you just don't realize that you need to know um but yeah them and then yeah my accountant he's amazing the mar- our marketing person like we need all those people as well <laughs> to support us sounds like a brilliant support network um what is a key moment where you were proud to be one of the co-founders of the project pt Ah, oh, um, I think like sometimes there's these moments where someone, um, uh, someone like, I don't know, there'll be like a moment where someone will phone me and they'll say, um, someone in Oxford City Council was talking about you, they're this high up and they were talking about something that the Project PT does and it's like moments like that or like someone walking past one of our gyms and they're talking to someone else and I don't recognize them I don't know who they are but they're talking about like our business and it's this really absurd um moment because at the end of the day a business is is like I'm about to dispel everything right but a business is fake it's just a story it's that we created a name and we tell you a story and you believe in it and that's all it is. You know, Peugeot is the same thing. If you read um, Yuval Haray's uh, uh, Sapiens, you'll, you'll read all about that. It's just, a, um, it's just a story that we tell people. And, and now people are kind of telling our story. So we've told it and now people are going away and they're telling their, their people about it. And it just, um, it's like those moments that just think, oh, wow. So we've, we've actually created something that lots of other people know about. And, and people like work for this company that we created. And it's, it's really absurd. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure that'll go away, but it's probably just kind of, I guess, an element of imposter syndrome at the same time, really, of um, how crazy it is. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure lots of people who own businesses can kind of relate to it. And I'm pretty sure they'll tell me that in X amount of time it'll go and I'll forget all about it. And those things won't be the important part. But it's when someone's telling my story to someone else in some other scenario that they know about us and they get us and they realize who we are that you suddenly have this like moment of wow we did it this is awesome so lovely i think i've I've definitely told your story to a few people is it (laughs) 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 but i think imposter syndrome is definitely something a lot of founders struggle with um but yeah it's it's definitely worth it what people are saying is definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would your advice be to people who are maybe nervous to go to the gym or get involved with any fitness activity? Um, my biggest advice is that everyone's got anxiety about going into a gym. Um, so like, I guess the most common thing that we hear is someone will 
become a member with us and they'll say, oh, you know, those those guys that are really big and muscly or, you know, those girls that are wearing the Gymshark leggings and um, I'm just not those people. And I think what they're unaware of is that um, they have so many commonalities with those people. Those people have the same issues with their bodies, the same concerns, the same um, worries going into a gym and people don't get it. They do see like the big muscly man or woman, um, the, the big strong person, you know, whoever they are. And they believe that these people have all this confidence and all this, um, uh, yeah, sometimes arrogance as well. And it's just none of it's true. They, they generally have the same concerns and the same worries. Um, so everything that you're feeling, those people that you're worried about are also feeling as well. Um, and that's the biggest thing that I always explain to people because they always say I'm not that person I'm not that but no one is no one was that person and if you actually listen to it, most of the time those those people that are quite muscle, muscular um or and, and whether they're male or female whatever they've generally got a story to tell you they've generally got something that happened in their childhood that made them have to get as big and as strong as they are and it's generally not something you'd ever imagine um to have heard from that person and it's probably something that you experienced as well it's just the way they reacted versus the way you did i really like the way you worded that and i think that's some really good advice for anyone that's listening um we're going to switch the questions slightly now they're going to focus a bit more on you as opposed to the business um so the <laughs> first one is some of our previous guests have talked about the importance of celebrating their wins big or small how yeah. do you celebrate your wins? Um, I bought a bottle of champagne the other day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, we just, we got to a point with like the, the latest site. The latest site is a big um, investment for us and a big risk. It's a lot of rent. It's a lot more rent than um, one should pay for a gym actually. Um, so it's a huge risk. Um, and it was um, far bigger risk than our first site. And all of a sudden we had a certain amount of members that were part of it. And it kind of felt like we were over the point where we had to worry and it was probably going to be all right. And we could, we could probably keep it going. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was just a random weekend. And I just was like, right, that's it. I really want to buy a bottle of champagne. <laughs> Not something I'd ordinarily do. Um, and, um, and we went over to friends and, and we had a bit of a celebration. Um, but um, I think it's that. Um, I think that the um, that was probably like a moment where it was kind of like a, a very commercial kind of target driven celebration. Um, but to be honest, like the, the bigger celebrations are more when you get that email from a member or, um, or you get an email from a social worker that says like this young person wants to sign back onto one of your programs. Um, they're, you know, they're really enjoying it. Like young people are really hard to read, right? They come along and you're like, think they like it. Not sure if they like it. Don't know. And then all of a sudden they go back to their teacher or their social worker, whoever they're kind of, um, person is and that person will email us and go oh they love it and you're like oh really great <laughs> um, and those are the wins as well because that's the point that's why we're doing it right we're doing it we're not we're not we could have if we're doing it for the money we would have definitely not been in fitness <laughs> definitely not opening a purposeful business 
um what we're doing it for is like those moments where we get a lovely email from a member who has never found a gym that they've liked before or a member who all of a sudden is living um without back pain anymore or a young person who um has started going back to school because they've built up their confidence a bit from our program you know those those are your wins and those are the things that we probably celebrate the most not always with champagne Brilliant. I mean, celebrations are good with champagne, but it doesn't always need to be there. <laughs> um, what is one piece of wisdom that you would share with our listeners that you wish your younger self had heard before embarking on this journey? Uh, just the same thing that I've said again and again. I just wish we'd have done it. We should have just done it ages ago. Like I'm a different person now, 20 years on in the industry than who I was. So yes, I know loads more. Um, I probably had a bit more energy back in the day. Um, and I just, yeah, we, I, it's not like I didn't, I did, I opened a couple of different businesses over the time, but then they'd get to a certain point and then we'd shut them down because I'd get worried or I don't know. I just didn't have the faith in myself to do it. Um, so yeah, my, my thing would have been just to do it because it, it was always a constant fear of failure and I needed to not fear that because it didn't matter. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for joining us, AJ. It's been such a pleasure to have you on season three of the Lost and Found podcast. Um, where can our audience find out more about yourself and your business to keep up with the Project PT's journey? Um, so... Uh, website theprojectpt.com our instagram is the project pt our uh, facebook is the project pt um but do like follow me on linkedin as well and um feel free like um we all need to surround ourselves with people that are doing something that we're doing so if i happen to be doing something that one person's doing please feel free to a connect with me on linkedin b come down and have a coffee and have a chat um because for me if it wasn't for um, the people from Tap Social that I've met, uh, the people from Hamblin, um, Roots Coffee, all of these different people that are running fantastic businesses as well. Um, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have had the impetus and, and neither would have Alexa to, to do it. So just surround yourself with people that can help. And if I can help someone and you've got any questions, then feel free to connect and drop me a question or come for a coffee. Brilliant. Thank you so much. It's been so lovely chatting to you. No worries, guys. Cheers. Thank you for having me. See you later. This has been the Lost and Founded podcast. If you liked this episode, make sure to head over to Instagram and let us know how you found it at Lost and Founded Pod. Wherever you listen to your podcast, be sure to follow and be notified about more inspiring stories and experiences. 